Have you ever been interested in fasting? Or maybe you've tried a couple of small fasts, but you weren't really sure what the benefits were. Or maybe you've been doing short intermittent fasting, but you want to try longer fasts for additional benefits. Well, wherever you are on the fasting journey, today's episode is going to teach you how to fast, why you should fast, what the benefits of fasting are, tools you can use while fasting to make your fast more enjoyable, and finally differentiate the benefits between a short fast and a long fast. As always, at the end of this episode, I'll provide a recap and breakdown of the different topics covered to ensure that you have actionable steps to take away from today's episode and apply to your life after tuning in. This is the Elemental Evan Podcast, and I'm your host, Evan Roberts. On this show, I break down health topics from a simple and holistic perspective, making health information accessible for everyone. And for this episode, if you've been following my Instagram here over the last week, or at least my Instagram stories, then you definitely know that I recently just completed a five-day fast about three days ago. I've never done a five-day fast before. I've only done three-day fasts before this last five-day one. And uh, let me tell you, it was pretty insane. <laughs> I don't know. It was crazy. It was, it was a good experience overall, for sure. Um, but definitely a wild experience getting into days four and five. So I think that's probably the best place to really kick this episode off is really just a quick recap of my experiences going through uh, this five-day fast. So don't worry, I'm not going to spend a ton of time here, but I'll just kind of explain how the fast went for me. And really just starting with day one, um, I mean, I do 24-hour fasts pretty regularly. It's nothing uh, really out of the normal for me. So the first day was really quite simple, uh, just kind of viewed it as a 24-day fast, or sorry, 24-hour fast. And, uh, you know, no real hunger cravings, nothing, nothing really out of this world. The only thing that really happened was I would randomly like get up and start walking into the kitchen like I was going to go grab a snack. And I just had to remind myself like, okay, what, what the heck are you doing? Why are you walking into the kitchen here trying to go grab a snack? Obviously, you're on a fast. Um, so it was really weird. It was like almost like second nature, uh, secondhand nature for me to just get up and walk into the kitchen and kind of browse the fridge for whatever I have. So uh, really, that was great to break that habit, at least during this five-day fast, because it only lasted the first day, which I'm grateful that it only lasted one day, because that would have really sucked if on like day four, I randomly get up and go into the fridge and grab something and take a little bite out of something that would have been a real pain in the butt. But that never happened. And so it was only on day one that I would randomly stand up and start walking towards the kitchen. Uh, in terms of day two, day two is always where kind of the difficulty starts. It's usually day two and day three for me. But on day two, definitely the hunger kind of sets in. Your cravings kick up really heavily. Um, you know, you see commercials for food or on Instagram or whatever it might be. And it is, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. Like you, you definitely want to taste food. You're hungry at this point. Um, I did have a little bit of a headache waking up on day two, which was very likely from a lack of hydration and some high quality salt. So yeah, that was not too tough of a day, but still pretty hard. Like I said, day two and three are usually the hardest days for me. 
Um, and also on top of that, I mean, it's day two and you realize, okay, after today, I still have three whole days, which for a person who's only done a three-day fast prior to this can be a little bit daunting, uh, but nonetheless made it through, got on to day three. Day three, once again, still had the hunger, still had some cravings, um, but one thing that was good is I didn't have the uh, headache that I had on day two. And on top of that, you really start to kind of feel the benefits of of the fast in in like a good sense, right? Because when you are doing a prolonged fast, there is this point where I don't know if it's ketosis or what it is, but you hit like some serious mental clarity, like you have laser focus, you can really focus in on a task very, very well. Um, you don't have a lot of random thoughts going on. I'm pretty sure this has something to do with the fact that thoughts consume energy and your body is trying to be conservative in the energy that it uses. So it's not giving a lot of energy to your brain to just think random thoughts. I think, I, you know, I'm just guessing here, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's because your brain uh, really wants to just focus on the task at hand and the things that are important. So it's a very cool experience. I've felt it before on a three-day fast, uh, but yeah, it was pretty cool. I started to get into that on this day three. And also something that was interesting on day two, uh, sorry, the night of day two, I actually had a dream that I broke my fast, which was crazy. I woke up and I was super mad at myself, um, but you can just you know tell that it was really in the back of my mind and it was taking a lot of willpower out of me, at least in those first two days. And then on day four, I honestly felt really good. By day four, I felt, you know, incredible, was really feeling the beneficial effects of being in a fast. Uh, at that point, hunger and cravings, like, they're gone. Your body at this point really just knows that you're not getting food and, you know, this is just life. Like, I don't know. There's no food out there, so there's no point in really kind of asking, I guess, is what it's doing. I'm, I'm not totally sure. But nonetheless, you really don't have super crazy cravings or hunger. Um, I was able to be around food on day four. And like never once was I really tempted to try to grab some food and, and taste it. Of course, you're like wanting to taste stuff because food tastes amazing, especially after four days of no food at all. So that was a little difficult. But overall, I mean, yeah, you feel really, really good on day four. I think actually the hardest thing about day four was just knowing that there was an entire additional day uh, after day four. So really, day four, not too bad. Day five, I was deep in the fast, like really feeling the crazy sensations of being in a fast. Like, I don't, it, it's almost kind of hard to put into words, like, you feel kind of grounded in your body, but elevated, like you can laser focus on a task, but then you can also just zone out, like completely zone out really easily. And um, if you meditate on that day, for example, like you can have some pretty interesting deep meditations. Um, yeah, I don't know. You're kind of in this like lucid state, which in the best sense possible, right? Like, not like you don't have control of your body or anything like that. It's just everything is a little bit more heightened, I would say. Um, yeah, I don't know. You just feel like you're buzzing. It's it's a it's a trip. I I, I feel like my words are not going to be accurately describing it. So probably just best to be something that is experienced and 
you know, probably would be different for everybody. Uh, but nonetheless, it was a very, very interesting experience. And then uh, following day five, obviously, I broke my fast that evening. I had hit 120 hours without taking one single bite of food. Uh, really, really crazy. I The way I broke my fast was I actually took some spirulina from Energy Bits and some colostrum from Triarmra Colostrum about 30 minutes before drinking bone broth. So uh, at the, it was 8.30 was when I was able to, you know, officially consume food. Uh, so at that point, that's why I took the spirulina and colostrum. And then at nine o'clock is when I went ahead and had some bone broth followed up by some steamed Brussels sprouts. So let me tell you, there is, there is no better tasting food in this world than any food you eat on day five. It is, it's the craziest thing in the world. Like I, <laughs> the, the best way for me to describe this is when I started drinking that bone broth. So I, I sat down, I like meditated, I prayed, I, I gave thanks to the bone broth, to my body, um, to my willpower, to me, you know, to just life in general. And just, yeah, I was like feeling super grateful and was able to just meditate and pray for a bit there. And then took my first swig of bone broth. And when you have that bone broth, like, brush over your tongue, it made me think of, I don't know if you've ever seen those diagrams of a tongue, but it shows, like, the different areas on your tongue that pick up different flavors, right? Like, part of your tongue picks up sour, and part of it picks up salt, and part of it picks up sweet. Well, <laughs> it really feels like that's going on in your mouth, like, as the uh, bone broth like swept over my tongue, like some parts were picking up just massive salty, some parts were picking up umami, some parts were picking up a little sour from the apple cider vinegar in there. Like it was insane. And, and personally, I actually don't have the best sense of smell or taste. So for me, it's, it's really wild to experience that. But yeah, it was it was the best tasting thing ever. Um, and then follow that with some Brussels sprouts. Like my my taste buds were to the moon. It was it was oh my it, they were they were the best Brussels sprouts I've literally ever had in my life. So and I, they were just steamed. Like I sprinkled some salt on there. Like that was that was the maximum. So it was crazy. Um, I think that experience in it in an in and of itself is like so rewarding for doing the fast like just the appreciation you have for food following a fast is so wild and it's really cool i feel like with the five-day fast i've been able to carry that appreciation for food um you know along the next couple days like i'm three days out from my five-day fast and every time i'm sitting down for a meal i'm just filled with gratitude i don't even have to try it's not like i'm sitting down and giving a prayer I literally am just like, oh my God, thank you so much for this food. It's, it's really wild and, and I'm, I'm personally enjoying it. I think it's uh, really awesome. But uh, one question I would get all the time from people while I was doing this fast was the most obvious question, which is, why do you fast? And, you know, not to like throw anyone under the bus here or anything, but it's definitely the older crowd. I feel like they tend to not understand what the deal is with fasting, which, hey, totally get it. 
Um, a lot of people would ask me if it was like a religious fast, which it's not. But of course, in my opinion, I think there's a spiritual portion to every fast. It's almost hard to not have that because you just feel so tapped in to, I don't even know what it is. Like you just, you feel tapped into some source or your body. It's, I don't know, like you got to fast to, to really feel that. Um, so personally, I feel like there's a spiritual portion to every fast. Uh, but yeah, mainly the reasons that I personally fast and the main points that I really like highlight to people are specifically the health portions of a fast, as well as the mental strength portions to a fast. So those are really like the two main reasons why I fast. And in terms of health benefits that you can receive from fasting, um, there's like a laundry list of different benefits from fasting that would take up the entire show. So I'm, I'm going to keep it pretty short here and really just highlight the main ones that I kind of focus on and that I, I don't know, feel like are most beneficial for me, I guess. But uh, the main ones are definitely going to be autophagy. That's super high on my list. Um, HGH kind of falls in that same category. So autophagy literally is kind of like your body's cleaning house mechanism where at a cellular level, your body will go through and actually like find cells that have parts of the cell that aren't working properly. Maybe they're old or defective or something, and they will break them down, get rid of them and put in a brand new part, right? So it's almost like if you think of like a car, like going through your car and seeing like what parts are old, what parts are about to go bad or what parts already are bad and then changing them out so that your engine and your car are like running like they're brand new. So autophagy is, yeah, it's your cleaning house. It makes you work better on a cellular level. Like you're more efficient literally at the cellular level because your cells have been upgraded. Uh, so I really love autophagy. It's one of the big reasons why I fast in the first place. And uh, yeah, it just makes your body work better overall. And we still kind of don't know why when we fast autophagy kicks in. Um, what I've heard is people kind of speculate that since we're no longer consuming food, our body is able to take the energy that would have been spent uh, digesting the food and instead, you know, use it on our body and kind of clean up our body uh, at a cellular level. And then in terms of HGH, um, that is human growth hormone. It's a peptide hormone that stimulates growth, cell reproduction, and cell regeneration in humans. Um, it's usually looked to as an anti-aging tool and pretty much helps to maintain tissues and organs. So really, really beneficial. I mean, anti-aging, who's obviously not like interested in that. So a lot of benefit with both autophagy and HGH. Um, there, there is as well. So sorry, but for this next one, I'll just, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'll come out and just say it first. So the next one is ketosis, right? Like fat loss during ketosis, but I don't really like to highlight this for extended fasts. Um, I usually talk about this more with intermittent fasting because I don't actually think that a long-term fast should really be specifically used for losing weight. Um, first off, in general, if you have any kind of an eating disorder, like 
fasting might not be the route that you want to go. If you really, really want to fast and you do have eating disorders, you absolutely should be in touch with a very highly trained medical professional who has tons of knowledge on this and can guide you the entire time. Uh, but in terms of just fat loss overall, yes, when you are doing a fast, especially an extended fast like this, your body is going to get into a state of ketosis because you are no longer feeding yourself carbs and sugars. So your body no longer has those as a fuel source. So what does your body start to use for fuel? Well, it starts to use fat. And of course, we have fat stored up in our fat cells. So your body goes into ketosis, which means that basically it's now using your fat stores as a source of energy. So yes, you are going to lose some fat, especially on an extended fast like I did for five days. And yes, of course, like for example, I did lose uh, 12 pounds during my five day fast, which sounds insane, right? Like 12 pounds in five days is crazy. Uh, but the caveat to that is that a lot of that weight was just water weight. It's weight that you're going to gain back really, really quickly. Uh, for example, like the following day, I mean, I didn't weigh myself, but you probably put back on like three pounds the next following day. So it's, yeah, it's just not, I, I don't like to highlight it for weight loss. I think intermittent fasting is much more useful and beneficial in terms of weight loss. Um, but nonetheless, for people who are concerned with ketosis or interested in it, uh, yes, of course, during a prolonged five-day fast, you are definitely in a state of ketosis. Uh, two other things that I'm going to highlight here in terms of health is the insulin sensitivity. So you have increased insulin sensitivity during a fast. Uh, this is highly beneficial for literally the entire population because we consume crazy amounts of sugars and carbohydrates and this is really not good for our insulin sensitivity and can lead to you know people being pre-diabetic and eventually diabetic uh so anything that's going to help improve our insulin sensitivity is going to be of a massive benefit for i don't know 90 percent of the population like it's it's just of benefit for sure and then last but not least, um, I love this portion, which is it literally just gives your body a break. Uh, there's so many people out there who from the moment they wake up to the moment they go to bed, they're pretty much eating like every two hours some kind of a food, which means that your body only has eight hours at night where it doesn't have to be consuming food, breaking it down, trying to assimilate it into the body, using it, you know, the digestive system, having to then flush the, the system out, you know, and going to the restroom and all, all this stuff, right? So when you do a fast, what's so cool is you just literally give your body a break. You allow it to rest and relax for one moment, um, you know, literally everything from your mouth all the way down to your backside is getting a massive break from, you know, especially your, uh, your stomach, your intestines, as well as your liver. Your liver receives um, a lot of benefit when you're fasting, which uh, the liver is so important. It does a lot of really important tasks in the body. So it's just awesome to know that you're giving all of that a break. Um, it's also beneficial for gut bacteria because, you know, if you have overgrowths of bad gut bacteria, this can sometimes help to regulate that and actually get rid of some of those bad gut bacteria. 
Uh, so yeah, just a ton of benefit. Like you'll, you'll notice, uh, if you deal with digestive issues like myself, um, if you don't listen to this podcast often, I grew up with a lot of gastrointestinal issues, primarily IBS, um, just to kind of put a term on it really. Uh, but when I do a fast, it is probably the most profound thing when it comes to digestive health out of anything I've ever tried it in my life. When I fast, I have better digestion for like a week or two after than doing any other type of, you know, thing that would be beneficial for digestion, like probiotics or whatever, right? Like fasting 100% is the best thing that I've ever done for my digestion. Of course, everyone's different, but I've heard from many people that they receive this same kind of benefit in their digestion from fasting. And then in terms of mental strength, I really love fasting for mental strength, and I, I could talk on this topic for hours, so I'll keep it really short here. But the first thing is when you start fasting, even just short fasts, it's really cool because you kind of learn to be in control of your hunger instead of allowing your hunger to be in control of you. There's a lot of people who, you know, they get super hangry and they just can't function properly if they don't have a meal every like four hours, which really kind of sucks to be a slave to your hunger. Um, it's very a very liberating feeling to be able to say, you know what, I'm, I have a lot of work to do right now and I think I'm just going to fast and skip breakfast or whatever it might be. Uh, for you, obviously, um, everything in relation to your, your life and your needs and your demands and all of that. But it is a very liberating feeling. And yeah, I found a lot of benefit in just that little simple fact there. And then on top of that, fasting is hard. It's a hard thing to do. Um, if it wasn't hard, everyone would do it, right? Like a five-day fast is a, it's a massive task. Like it is not easy at all. There's many times where you're you're hungry and you would love to break that fast. But when you do these hard things, it just, you know, shows you how powerful you are and you can really translate that willpower and strength into other areas of your life. Like, for example, I'm three days out from my fast and I feel that I have a lot more willpower when it comes to doing things like going for a run in the morning. For example, this morning, I woke up, threw on my shoes, and went out for a run, and I had very little inner chatter with myself. You know, that little stupid voice in your head that's like, oh man, this bed is so comfortable. Uh, you don't have to, you know, be up and at work at, you know, a super early time. Like, why not just stay in and just relax? Like, you deserve it. You deserve that rest. Like, no, I had none of that this morning. I woke up, I was like, all right, I'm going to throw on my shoes, and I'm out. Uh, so I really, really love that benefit of uh, fasting as well. So those are pretty much the main reasons why I fast. It's for my health and it's for my mental strength. And then in terms of what a fast is, so I mean, technically a fast is just abstaining from literally anything. So it could be food, porn, alcohol, like whatever you want it to be. Uh, but in terms of a food fast, technically any calories that you consume will break your fast. So this is where it starts to get a little tricky. Um, if you are a 
water fast purist. That means you believe that literally all you can have is basically water. This is one way of fasting and totally fine. Like you absolutely can do that. But I have a slightly different variation of fasting that I personally do. So true, I'm not eating food, but I will include a little tea and a little bit of coffee. Now I'm not adding anything to the tea or the coffee. It's literally black coffee and plain tea. The tea can be green. It could be black. It could be, you know, Earl Grey, whatever. Uh, but there's nothing added to it. So the reason I do that is personally because there are polyphenols in coffee and tea that are going to be beneficial for your body and for your gut. Plus, they have uh, appetite suppressing components to them. So they can kind of help with curbing your hunger, which honestly can be so beneficial when you're doing an extended fast. And it could be the difference between you sticking to your fast and breaking your fast. So I personally include those. Um, coffee, for example, I think has at most five calories per cup. So I'm not drinking, you know, four cups of coffee a day. I'll drink one cup of coffee, which I actually drink coffee on the very first day. The other four days I drank tea. And at most I had about, mm, two or three cups of tea, and they were not large cups of tea. They were pretty uh, smaller, uh, small-sized. So I did consume those. If you're a water-fast purist, um, you know, that would not be okay. Uh, but personally, I do that because it feels good when you're consuming it. Um, it smells good. It tastes good. Like, it's the only flavor you're basically getting the entire time you're on your fast, and it can also help uh, to extend your fast, it can help it feel better so you're not just completely struggling the entire time. Uh, and then on top of that, I also include a very high quality salt, which I highly, highly recommend. If you are going to do a fast, include a salt, please. And I'm not talking that crappy table salt that costs $1.99 at your whatever store. No, go ball out on that $7.99 dollar salt, right? Which is, you know, seems like a crazy price for some salt, but that Celtic sea salt or what I used was Oryx, O-R-Y-X. It's a South African desert salt or something like that. And the reason I'm saying to use one of these salts is because they're going to have trace minerals in them, which are going to be very beneficial for your body. And then on top of that, salt is going to provide electrolytes to your body, which is going to help with hydration. And it's also going to help with keeping away headaches and to help you from not feeling lightheaded, which can definitely happen when you're doing a fast. So those are the things I include uh, in my fast personally. Now, when it comes to do these things break a fast, well, there's kind of a gray area here. So when we're looking at a fast and what constitutes a a food fast, we're really kind of looking at things like insulin and I believe mTOR. So we do not want insulin or mTOR elevated during a fast because technically that would break our fast. So when you're consuming calories, those will tend to, you know, elevate insulin or mTOR. Uh, but at five calories or less, the, at least from the research that I was reading, it seems that the only thing that might be affected slightly was autophagy. And of course, autophagy is amazing. So we want it to be occurring in our body. 
But from what I was reading, it said that at worst, you know, coffee or whatever is going to slightly lower the levels of autophagy, which in my opinion is totally worth it. You're still getting the benefits of autophagy. Maybe it's a little bit less than it could be, but you know what? I just had a cup of coffee that smelled delicious, tasted delicious, and helped me get through a portion of my day and get on through, you know, day three, day four, day five, whatever it might be. So for me, it's personally absolutely worth it. You're still receiving the benefits and it only is going to affect the autophagy for a period of time, if any at all, right? We're still, um, I think the research is still out on that. So that's the way I do it. I feel that it's way be- way more beneficial to have them than to not have them. Uh, but of course, this is going to be dependent on, you know, who it is that you're asking and, uh, you know, kind of where they stand with this. And in terms of like ketosis, ketosis is is much different. Like you can actually consume some fats and I think even protein and still stay in a state of ketosis. Whereas, uh, you know, like the only things you can't have are basically like a ton of carbs and stuff. So uh, if you pretty much wanted to just stay in ketosis, you could actually have some fats and all that. And if, if that's really what your uh, your goal is, then, you know, it's a little bit different. But in terms of just like a fast and trying to really get that deep autophagy and all that, we really want to stay away from pretty much any calories at all, aside from, in my opinion, the few couple calories that come from some tea or, or some coffee. Now, I wanted to also provide a little breakdown, like kind of an hour by hour breakdown of what's happening in the body during a fast. I had a pretty hard time finding a what I would consider reliable uh, chart for an hour by hour fast breakdown. I did come across a doctor online who had a uh, broken down chart, which I personally liked. And the reason I'm including it in here is because he provided references. Oh, I'm sorry. I believe it's a he. I'm not sure, actually. Um, But they provided references. And I, uh, you know, I'm happy that they actually did that because they're putting their money where their mouth is. And, you know, we want to make sure that these people are legit. So what I'm also going to do is I'm going to include the link to this uh, to this chart in the description or the show notes of this episode. So if you'd like to go check it out and, you know, see how legit this is for yourself, please, by all means, do so. Um, But from what I saw, it looked pretty legit. And uh, comparing it to all the other things I was reading, it sounds like it's pretty spot on. So let's get into this. For phase one, which is going to be zero to four hours, this is called the anabolic phase, which is literally just business as usual. It's your body breaking down nutrients from food, converting them into energy, and then into body tissue, right? You are what you eat. The food you're eating is becoming you. Then phase two is four to 16 hours without food. So now this is the catabolic phase, which is where you begin to metabolize body fat as energy and autophagy is activated, okay? So now we're starting to get into the good stuff, right? That 16-hour point, that's kind of like, you know, that intermittent intermittent fasting phase right there. Then we move on to phase three, which is now going to be 16 to 24 hours. So actually getting into like a full day fast here, you're going to have fat metabolism, autophagy, and the production of human growth hormones all increase, which is incredible, like amazing benefits happen from that. 
Then moving into phase four, so we've got a 24 to 72 hour fast. So a one day to a three day fast. You're going to have increased production of ketones that fuel most of your cells in your body, while BDNF, brain-derived nootropic factor, increases to support brain function and neuroregeneration. Then you have phase five, which is 72 hours, so three days, and then on the fat-burning, neuroprotective, and anti-aging benefits activated in the previous hours are all enhanced. So literally all the stuff that you were already reaping uh, from the 24 to 72 hour phase is just going to be increased and it's just going to continue to do its work uh, for those additional two days. So uh, doing the five day fast like I did, you know, really just allowed all of those benefits to really have time to work in the body. Um, and yeah, it was incredible. Like I, like I had mentioned earlier. So now let's go ahead and get in to some of the good tools that you can actually use when you're trying to do some fasting. So let's start off with starting to do a fast. So if you've literally never done a fast before, hey, you are in the right place. Um, I'm going to help try to walk you through how to start doing a fast. And so if you've never fasted before, I would highly recommend to just start small. Start out with a 12-hour fast, right? Like literally just Stop eating at, I don't know, seven or eight o'clock at night, wake up the next day, have a meal at seven or eight o'clock in the morning. Boom. You did a 12 hour fast overnight. Didn't even have to really think of it. Super easy and really just starts to show you that you have some legs. Then you can go ahead and increase that a little bit. You can do a 16 or 18 or maybe a 20 hour fast and eventually make your way to a 24 hour fast, which I know a 24 hour fast might sound daunting for those of you who have never fasted before, but it's actually pretty easy. So I like to start my uh, my fast, The let's say it's like a Monday. I will have a really early dinner. I'll finish the very last bite of my dinner at, let's say, 6 p.m. on a Monday night. I'll go to bed. I'll wake up the next day, 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm already 12 hours in. I'm halfway there. And then I will just go ahead, brew up some coffee or tea, drink that for the morning, get through my midday, and then guess what? Boom, six o'clock rolls around for dinner, and you can have a, your meal, you can break your fast, and bam, you did a 24-hour fast, and it was relatively easy and painless. And I know it sounds easy, it might feel kind of hard when you're actually doing it for the first time, but once you do it, you will feel super, super accomplished. I remember when I first did a 24-hour fast, I was so pumped that I was able to do it. Um, it was a really, really great feeling. And then once you do that, try to replicate that a few more times. Do a few 24-hour fasts here and there to really get those under your belt. And then you can just continue slowly increasing them. Like for example, if you do a 24-hour fast, you can do that 24-hour fast and then, you know, six o'clock at night rolls around and technically it's time for you to have dinner and break that 24-hour fast. But instead, you could say, you know what? I'm just going to go to bed and wake up tomorrow morning. And guess what? If you do that, 6 o'clock the following morning, you would be at 36 hours right there. So you can easily extend these fasts and you know get into like a two-day fast, for example. And slowly just really, once again, get these under your belt. Start doing a couple 24-hour fasts. Try a couple 48-hour fasts. 
I like to include a little bit of coffee, a little bit of tea, like I said. Always staying hydrated with water. You want to drink a lot of water, have some salt. And really, I think the three-day fast is probably the biggest step for people to take because the two-hour, or sorry, the two-day fast is pretty tough, but it's not, it's not too tough. Like people can manage it, you know, especially if you've done a 24-hour fast before, you, you just tack on that an additional day. It's not too difficult. Uh, but the three-day fast seems to be a bit of a mental barrier, which by the way, fasting is a purely mental game. Uh, yes, you might be hungry and stuff, but honestly, your body is fine. It's just your mind that's playing tricks on you. And it's really going to come down to how well you can control your mind. Um, that's really what these fasts are. They are a total mental game. So um, when it comes to doing a three-day fast, you really just have to mentally psych yourself out for this. Like um, if you're going to do a three-day fast, you know, day one should be pretty easy for you at this point because you've done multiple 24-hour day fa or 24-hour fasts at this point. Uh, so day one shouldn't be too difficult. It's usually day two that's the hardest. And then day three is probably going to be kind of hard as well, but you will have the, you know, the finish line in sight. So that always makes it a lot easier, uh, you know, to finish off that day three. Um, and then also on day three, you can start to feel the um, the laser focus effects that I've been talking about. Um, usually on day three or day four is when that starts to kick in. So you might actually start to feel some of those effects, which are really awesome. Um, but yeah, usually it's day two and sometimes day three that are actually the hardest when it comes to fasting. And then in terms of doing a five-day fast or longer, honestly, if you could do a three-day fast, you can do a five-day fast. It's the only difference is that you have more time. <laughs> That's really all it is. Like day four and five, I actually felt better and easier to manage those days than I did on days two and three. Days two and three, I had way more hunger. I had way more cravings. I even had a headache on day two, like all of that stuff. When it came to day, days four and five, I was so tapped into this crazy energy source that, yeah, it was like day four and five, it was just a waiting game for me. The only thing I was, yeah, it was just like, it was, I was like, oh man, I just wish I was at day five because I just want to taste some food at this point. Um, so if you can do a day three, uh, a three day fast, absolutely, absolutely, you could do a five day fast. So, Really, when it comes to fasting, just take it easy, start slow, get a few steps underneath your belt, and then work your way up. Um, I would highly recommend that. And then just keep occupied, keep busy. Um, if you can keep busy, it's going to keep your mind off of food, which obviously is going to be of benefit here. And, uh, you know, take a lot of walks. Probably don't do anything too strenuous, like working out might not be the best idea. Um, I do know people who actually do work out while they're in a pretty deep fast, which I don't usually do. Actually, I just go for like walks and stuff. But I have a friend of mine who did this five day fast with me and he is a personal trainer and he was doing training clients like the entire time. Like he's insane. Um, so he did do it. But uh, yeah, I would I would personally recommend taking it easy and really listening to your body. Uh, but yeah, that is, that's, that's the way to do it right there. Start small and just build your way up. It's not as difficult as you think. It's just a mental game. And then in terms of some tools that you can use for fasting, this is, yeah, these are really, really beneficial actually. So 
I'm just going to reiterate first off, start small. If you've never fasted, right? Want to build our way up. We don't want to just jump into a three-day fast right away. Um, but one thing that is so beneficial is activated charcoal. So if you have never fasted before and you start doing like intermittent fasting or a 24-hour fast, absolutely go get yourself some activated charcoal. The reason I'm saying that is because when you start getting into that state of ketosis, you can release some toxins that have been stored up in your body and you can have what's called the keto flu, which is no fun at all. It is literally like flu-like symptoms. And if you take activated charcoal, you can help bind the activated charcoal to these toxins and remove them for your body before they have the chance to cause this kind of keto flu in you. So I highly recommend that. Um, in terms of a brand for activated charcoal, just just choose. Whichever reputable brand works for you is probably going to be fine. Um, I used Bulletproof and their coconut charcoal. Um, I like it. I don't know. It, I, I like the brand, so that's pretty much why I used it. But I, I would pretty much just say find a brand that you feel you know confident in and it's probably going to be a good one. And then, of course, coffee and tea. I, I know I've already spoken on them, but seriously, the, polyphen the polyphenols that are in coffee and tea are so beneficial for your gut and other things in your body. But they're also really great because they do have uh, hunger suppressing components to them as well. So, um, you know, when you're going through a fast, it's just really nice to have like a, a warm mug of something that is not water and actually has a slight flavor and some smell to it. Uh, it's really beneficial and it can really, once again, this is all a mental game. So anything that can uh, be a mental win is going to be a benefit here. And of course, salt. Do not fast without it, in my opinion. You should absolutely be using salt. Don't use a low quality salt. Use a high quality salt, like a Celtic sea salt or the Oryx salt. Um, you know, Redmond salt can work as well. Really, really, really want a high quality salt for the minerals as well as the electrolytes. And so if you aren't using those, chances are you're probably going to have some headaches and you're probably going to be pretty faint and lightheaded. In terms of probiotics, this is one that I get asked a lot. Hey, can I take my probiotics while I'm still, you know, while I'm doing a fast? Uh, for the most part, yes. I've seen that it seems like a lot of probiotics are okay to use while you're fasting, but you know, if you're not sure on your probiotics specifically in terms of, you know, calories or whatever, um, then don't take it, you know, like it's only going to be for a couple days, not that big of a deal. You can just start taking them after your fast. Uh, you're still going to receive a ton of benefit from doing the fast. So, uh, for, for your gut specifically. So, you know, if you're, if you're unsure, just don't take it would be my recommendation, I guess. Um, but yeah, you could also do a fast that is a uh, like a gut cleanse or a gut rebuilding uh, fast, which are very beneficial. And if you're doing that one, then yeah, absolutely take your um, you know take your probiotic, your prebiotic, your postbiotic, take your colostrum, uh, take bone broth, you know, like take all this stuff to to benefit your uh, gut health if you're doing something like that. And then uh, last but not least is going to be like how you break your fast, which is really, really important. So when it comes to breaking a fast, you really want 
to choose foods that are going to be ultra nourishing and, you know, just like the cleanest food you can possibly think of. So for me personally, the way I break my fast is I started off with the colostrum and the spirulina. The reason I do that is because your body is ready to absorb and utilize whatever the heck it is you first put in your mouth. So I wanted to make sure that I was putting in things that were really high in, you know, minerals and vitamins, um, you know, all the beneficial nutrients that my body would crave and need, uh, you know, gut boosting and building properties of colostrum that are also going to help with the immune system and yeah, just be super, super beneficial, which is why I specifically chose those two. And by the way, if you are not already using colostrum or spirulina or chlorella, I highly recommend. They are like my two supplements that I just absolutely take every single day. Like I will not pretty much go a day without taking those except for when I was on the fast, obviously. Um, but if you want to try out some of those, check out the description or show notes or whatever you want to call it. Uh, because there is going to be a discount code in there and they're truly just the highest quality of colostrum and spirulina that I've personally found through all of my years of trying out all of these different uh, health foods and supplements. So highly, highly recommend those. And if you want to break your fast with that, I think it's a great idea. Um, I'm happy that I did it that way. But then following that up with some food, I always start with bone broth. For me, bone broth is just the best thing to eat right after fasting. And that's because you're going to get electrolytes from it. You're going to have uh, properties in there that are going to help rebuild your gut. Um, it's super light on the body and uh, just very, very nourishing. So that's usually how I start it. Um, of course, you can do it however you want, but whatever you do, I recommend doing very, very light things, nothing too crazy in flavor, especially not that first meal. Like I literally did bone broth and then uh, steamed Brussels sprouts with a pinch of salt on them. So very, very bland in flavor. And then the next morning I woke up, I had more bone broth and then I did um, some sauerkraut. So I was getting a fermented food in there. I did a little bit of kefir and I did a little bit of scrambled eggs to get some protein in there. And then following that throughout the day, then, you know, your next meal after like your lunch, it could be, you know, it could have a little bit of protein in there, like an animal protein. If you eat animal protein, um, if you don't, uh, of course you could, I don't know, do a different kind of uh, food-based protein, like uh, pea protein or tofu or something like that. But yeah, you can start integrating those more into your diet. Um, and then by dinner time, honestly, you can, you know, you could pretty much have whatever you want. You're like 24 hours out of your fast now. Um, the only thing I'll say is whatever you eat, you don't want to have any processed food in there that first whole day. And even the spices and flavorings, you want to keep to a minimum. Like if you're having uh, that for dinner that night, if you're having like, I don't know, steak or chicken or something like that. Just put salt and pepper on there. Do not put a sauce or something like that. Like, don't get crazy. Keep the flavorings very minimal and, um, you know, have like a vegetable or a fruit and then uh, maybe a carb, right? Like a, a sweet potato, but really just keeping it super simple in terms of uh, the flavors. And then the following day after that, you know what? You can kind of just start getting back to your normal uh, eating schedule at that point. 
hopefully you're still eating healthy foods and things that are, you know, whole food based uh, items. But if you are eating processed foods, I mean, I don't recommend that ever, honestly, but if you do, I will just say this. You'll notice that your gut is going to handle them a lot better uh, just because of that fast. So you'll just notice that even if you did eat a processed food of, I don't know, whatever kind, uh, you're just not going to have like the stomach aches or bloating or pain or whatever like you normally probably would. That is at least what I've experienced for myself. I have on a fast back in the day. I ate a uh, a pretty processed food like the following day after a fast, and I just noticed that my gut handled it so much better. I don't recommend it at all. Not a good idea. <laughs> but um, if you do, you will notice that your gut handles it way better. So that is usually the food that I would use to uh, break the fast. And uh, yeah, just reap the benefits. You guys are going to feel so good. Um, like I was saying, you're, you're going to have this crazy appreciation for your food as well. That just naturally occurs because you remember being without the food for so long, uh, which personally, I, I just, yeah, I think that's such a benefit for us to really find respect for the food that we're eating um, because, you know, we live in a, in a world where we have access to pretty much any food we want at any time, like literally any time of the day, which is insane. We've never had this in the, I don't know, like a hundred years ago or whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's truly uh, a very interesting time. And uh, I think it's important for us to, you know, be a little bit more connected to the food that we're putting in our mouth and have a little bit more respect for it. I think there's just so much benefit that is going to occur from having a closer relationship with our food, you know, less food waste, more care for the food, and uh, also just putting yourself in a state of gratitude when you're consuming food can be so beneficial for you as well. So anyways, y'all, that is it. That is it for this episode. Um, I hope that you got a lot out of this. I'm going to just quickly uh, give a quick overview of this episode, uh, just so you have a you know, very concise form of it. If you want to refer to this in the future, uh, if you're like, oh, wait, hold on, how do I, you know, what do I do for the fast and whatnot? I want to have this here for you, like a Cliff Notes version. So first off, I did a five-day fast. It was really cool, crazy experience, found a lot of gratitude for food. And in terms of why I fast, I fast for health and I fast for mental strength. Um, some of the health topics are autophagy, Human, uh, human growth hormone, uh, ketosis, insulin sensitivity, uh, improved digestion, liver health. You know, these are a few of the topics. Mental strength, it gives you control over your hunger instead of ha allowing your hunger to have control over you. And honestly, it's just a tough thing to do. So it's going to give you more willpower in all areas of your life. And in terms of what a fast is, you can fast from literally anything, food, porn, alcohol, whatever you want. Um, but in terms of a food fast, remember, any kind of calories are going to technically break your fast. But I like to have some tea and coffee in there. Um, I feel that it's really not going to harm your fast. It's still going to give you all the benefits. And at worst, it's going to slightly lower your autophagy from the readings that I was seeing. So personally, I believe having some food and coffee, or sorry, not food, no, no food, coffee or, or tea. And then absolutely, of course, the salt as well. Make sure you're staying hydrated too. So uh, that is what constitutes a fast. 
And let's see, in terms of how to start fasting, do it slow, like build your way up and um, it's all a mental game. So just really keep that in mind, um, you know, as you're going through it, like remember your body is okay. It's gonna, it's gonna make it through, but you know, it's rather your mind and the tricks that it plays on you. So it's really about conquering the mind when you're doing a fast. Um, but yeah, start slow, build your way up. And that's how you can build your confidence in doing these longer fasts. And in terms for uh, tools for fasting, um, yeah, you know, start small, activated charcoal to make sure you're not getting the keto flu, uh, coffee and tea, salt, probiotics, maybe um, depends on which probiotics you're taking. And then in terms of breaking the fast, like I said, I loved doing the colostrum, the spirulina, um, from energy bits, the colostrum from Armra and the, uh, bone broth. So those are my favorite ways to break it. Um, you know, ease your way into foods. Don't go crazy. Uh, you know, even the following days after you're going to want to really watch yourself because since you were doing this fast, you might've been like, Oh, I can't wait to eat again. And so I really hope you don't just go buck wild and eat all of these crazy foods that you were craving while you were on the fast. You still want to be cautious in the foods that you're eating uh, the few days after uh, coming out of a fast. So that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you all really enjoyed this episode. Um, I loved doing this episode, especially because the fast literally just ended for me like three days ago. And um, I'm still on a like a high from the fast. So uh, yeah, I really enjoyed making this episode and diving deep into uh, some of the research and stuff on fasting. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, if you did enjoy this episode, please share it with a friend, family, or loved one so that they can benefit from it as well. If you haven't already left a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and do so. It goes really far in helping to spread the message of this show. And if you want to share this on any of your socials, please tag me. Um, I'm pretty much only on uh, Instagram. I also go on YouTube because I do post some of these uh, podcast podcasts in video format. Um, but please, yeah, tag me on there. I would love to see that. And if you have any questions, concerns, or you want to hear about something more on this show, please reach out to me, uh, send me a message, and I'm happy to uh, to chat and to hear your thoughts and ideas on this show. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's gonna do it. Also, just remember. I'm not a medical professional, like I am a certified health coach and I've been, you know, literally navigating health for myself and, and many other people for, for years now. Um, but I am not a medical professional, so please consult a medical professional and, you know, do all the right processes, listen to your body as well. Um, and yeah, do all the things. Don't just always take my word for it, um, although I do try to provide as much science on here as possible. But yeah, that is going to do it for today's episode. And y'all already know the deal. It is do everything with good intentions, connect to your elements, and thank you all so much for tuning in. Truly appreciate you. Sending much love and gratitude your way, and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. I will see you on the next episode, which will be next Wednesday. Peace, y'all. This podcast is for educational purposes only. 
It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional.